Hi everyone, I'm your host, Bella Page, and after suffering from post-concussion syndrome for years, it was time to do something about it. So welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, where we dig deep into life when it doesn't go back to normal. Be sure to share the podcast and join our support network, Concussion Connect. Let's make this invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Do you feel constantly overwhelmed by your concussion symptoms and life changes? This is where Wombat, W-O-M-B-A-T, can help you. A new breathwork and somatic therapy app powered by neuroscience. Let's slow down those racing thoughts and give ourselves the ability to breathe. Wombat is designed with an understanding of the impact of trauma on individuals, ensuring a safe and supportive environment for users dealing with stress, anxiety, or post-traumatic experiences. Go to their website today at hellowombat.com. Welcome to episode number 103 of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Belle Page, and today's guest, Dr. Irina Fedulo-Plant. Irina is a licensed physical therapist with her board certification in neurologic physical therapy. She is also a licensed yoga instructor and wilderness first responder. After finishing her studies, she worked at the University of California, San Francisco, where she treated both the pediatric and adult populations with neurologic presentations, served as a clinical instructor, and assisted with teaching graduate courses. In 2019, Irina moved to the Tahoe area and started her own neurophysical therapy practice called Mountain Neuro Wellness and Physical Therapy, Inc., where she treats individuals with various neurologic presentations with an emphasis on the outdoor environment while achieving functional goals. She continues to serve as volunteer faculty at UCSF and recently taught the traumatic brain injury course for the UCSF Neurologic Physical Therapy Residency. She is passionate about teaching and treating individuals with concussions ranging from the inpatient to community class setting. Welcome to the show, Rena. Thank you. So to start, do you want to tell us a little bit about what created your interest in concussions? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a horseback rider since I could walk. And as a teenager, of course, with horses, falling is always a possibility. So I sustained a concussion after falling off a horse I was leasing. And it was pretty mild, thankfully. But then I had the, you know, the dizziness. I had the fatigue. And that was one of my first introductions to neural rehabilitation. And so after that, it always was in the back of my head of this is really fascinating. I want to learn more about this. So I was an athletic trainer in high school and I went straight into exercise physiology after nursing school to become a physical therapist. And concussions have always been just a big part of my life, people that I've treated and just afterwards, especially just the active lifestyle that a lot of us lead. And many people, unfortunately, are under screened for concussions. I continue to see that is such a huge gap. And also I had a bit of a gap in my care as well for some time. And that's what really inspired me to look more into concussions 
and that's led me to becoming a PT and with my board certification, neurologic physical therapy. And I focus a lot with individuals with concussions and also traumatic brain injuries. That's really great. Yeah. I always love hearing how people get into it because mm-hmm. it's so different Yes, for so many people. So I think it's so neat that you got into it. Now we get a concussion. If we know we got a concussion, uh, I feel like that sometimes, like you kind of mentioned, it's sometimes we don't realize mm-hmm. um, what we're going through. But do you want to talk about kind of concussion management, what to do and when? I think a really hard thing for a lot of people is they don't know where to start. And once they do start, they don't know where to go next. So do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So a lot of the times it could be really tricky to understand if the concussion truly occurred because imaging may not always show it. It's there. It's mainly what we go off of symptoms from what individuals tell us. But unfortunately, with the medical system, sometimes it takes a while to get in. It takes a while to really get that standardized care that people really need. And everyone is so different when it comes to concussions, how they present their symptoms, gender differences, the effect of, you know, the injury itself. And even afterwards, like stressors, there's always different things. So in order to start, it's really to assess your symptoms. And so if you continue to feel that you are really tired, you have this inability to focus, there's a dizziness and you just don't feel like yourself. That's always the first line of to say, I need to speak to my physician. And many people that I've spoken to that went almost a day after they sustained the concussion or even that same day, they really had to fight say, no, this happened to me. I need to be screened. And for some individuals, the symptoms start hours, minutes afterwards. Some people, it starts two to three days later. So I would always encourage individuals to really be that self-advocate of and also writing down their symptoms because sometimes also memory could be a problem with concussions. So it's really important to even jot down and even say, this is what I'm feeling these days. And also to really look into seeing a neurophysical therapist. And so when you talk to your physician, mention, can I please see a neurologist or can I see someone who specializes in neurophysical therapy or neurooccupational therapy? And the research continues to show that the sooner that you come in to see someone who specialized in that, your outcomes and your prognosis is so much better afterwards. But that initial, you need to go right away. A lot of people, I think the culture is grit and bear it. It's not that bad. I should be okay. I don't want to be a burden to somebody. That's often what I hear individuals say of why they didn't seek care sooner. But you need to be the best advocate for your health. And knowing where to start is talk to your physician. And if they're dismissing your symptoms, fight and say, I want a neurology consult or I want PT. And so that's the best way to go. And if you go on the neurology physical therapy website, you can find someone in your area mm-hmm. Or even talk to a physical therapist nearby asking, do you know someone who specializes in concussion or traumatic brain management? So it's really getting that push forward to get going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think another thing you kind of mentioned, the reasons for people not to get help right away. And a big one is also they get told it'll go away. Yes. You know, a lot of Mm -hmm. the time, especially in the ER, it's really common or you go see your doctor, it's like, if you still feel like this in a month, come back. And it's like, a month is a long time <laughs> yeah. to just kind of wait and come back, right? So I think it's really important to, like you said, go right away. And it is important to talk about how different everything is. We are going to talk about some of those gender differences today, mm-hmm. just because it is such a big thing. And 
I really like your aspect of treating symptoms Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of the time concussion is such a big, broad term. You can be dealing with so many things after one and we don't know what you'll be dealing with. So we can kind of assume there's always a few things, but I do think it's really important. I've always said for me, headaches was a big thing, but I've met tons of survivors that didn't deal with headaches Mm -hmm. like I did. Everyone's different. So that's where it's really important. And so because we kind of mentioned the hormones, do you want to talk a little bit about female brain injuries and kind of how the hormone differences can be so dramatic? Yes, absolutely. So we're finally seeing more in the literature of gender differences with concussion management because for so long, it was so based on the older white male, the medical system. It really was. And so it's really disappointing that it happened for so long. But now many more people are stepping up now and saying, no, there are gender differences and we need to further investigate that. And I would say probably in the past like five to eight years is when we've been seeing more of a trend towards really understanding how the female brain differs from the male brain. And so what we see, so kind of like backing up from hormones, we'll talk about anatomy a little bit, and then I'll touch on the hormones as well. So for women, we have a smaller head to neck ratio. So if you have a soccer ball coming at us, we get hit with something, we are going to have much more of a force penetrating our heads or our necks versus a male. And also given a lot of the times men have stronger muscles than women. So if they sustain a head injury, their neck could potentially stabilize them more effectively without the head moving forward back or rotationally as you would for a female. And those are some of the differences that we see when it comes to the anatomy. And also when it comes to the brain itself, an interesting fact that we're finding more of, so we have these lines called axons. So we're kind of like cables in our brain. They help connect different parts of the brain centers. Women have smaller ones and they have what we call microtubules which help and create the integrity of these axons we have less than men so on average men have nine microtubules in one part of the axis we have five on average and again these are smaller studies so we can't say this is for every single person but that's the trend that we're seeing and so when that happens and we sustain a hit to the head we have more swelling because they're smaller they're more typically more delicate than the males because they're smaller And so that's why we see more of a severity with women reporting or females about the concussions that they experience. And talking about hormones, we also have, you know, depending on our cycle, you know, we have estrogen, progesterone at different levels. And some women have very consistent periods, other women don't. So there's always this hormonal fluctuation that can also impact a concussion. And this study is quite small, but even the patients that I see that are females, even they are reporting things that are similar. So the studies show that if you sustain a concussion before your ovulation, when you have more estrogen, your symptoms tend to be less severe. And so if it's post-ovulation, when you have progesterone, that's more of a dominating hormone. They found in smaller samples of women, where this research started, actually they reported more severe symptoms because progesterone tends to make you feel more drowsy for some women. It can make you also feel more isolated. Like I could tell on my period too, like after post-ovulation, I have a day or two and I just kind of like, you know what, I'm okay not talking to too many people, kind of just like calmly doing my thing and not like really socializing as much. And other women have reported that too. And that's more because of that spike of progesterone that you get post-ovulation. And also there's more sense of like depression even for some women with that increase in progesterone. And that's what we're seeing more. So again, these are small studies, so it does not apply to everyone, obviously, but we're seeing that there is this hormonal change that does occur and how their brain is susceptible to those sorts of injuries given that change. 
And for birth control, they haven't found too many differences yet when it's come to the woman's on contraceptives or not. So there's conflicting, actually. So some show, oh, there's no changes. Some say, actually, they don't think it's that bad, but they have nothing to compare it to. And that, that limitation is. But when it comes to the hormones, it's important to also track. So if you have a concussion, even seeing how your activities are. So one thing I work with a lot of women is tracking their cycle and knowing when they have more energy and then identifying these patterns and figuring out because a lot of attempts to concussion management, you know, we say, oh, you should be exercising three days a week, aerobic exercise up to 150 minutes per week. You should be doing strength training two to three days, mobility, you know, all these different recommendations. And they're great recommendations. However, they don't take into account the hormonal changes that women go through monthly. And so what we usually recommend for women is to see what their energy levels are like, what they could tolerate at that point, instead of trying to say, have this like one approach for your routine to recover. Like, for example, what we talk about is on your menstrual cycle, take it a little easier, still be active, you know, go out for a walk, do some vestibular exercises, some gentle yoga, things that feel good for you to feel restorative. And then once your period ends, you get that more estrogen and then also a little bit of progesterone starts to creep in there before ovulation. And so that's when you have more energy. You have more of a spike right before ovulation. And even some women that I work with, they notice that kind of that powerful energy, that powerful surge. And that's when we push it a little bit more, not to point of fatigue or overdoing the symptoms, but they know for a few days, okay, I could push it a little bit more. I could add more reps, more power, a little bit more aerobic. and then post-ovulation, they can still push it a little bit, but they start to have less repetitions, less aerobic. They're still exercising, but it's really being intuitive with your own body and not feeling this pressure of, okay, well, the recommendations say do this. I'm not doing this. And then people get upset. They get discouraged, you know, and not being in tune with our bodies, especially after concussion, you need to feel that what is your new normal? What is for you? Mm -hmm. I think it's, a huge conversation mm-hmm. and then the research is it's getting there in all the yeah. concussion world yes uh, getting there is what i like to use and you mentioned cycles it's actually something uh we have support group twice a week cool. on concussion connect and it's something that has come up mm-hmm. a few times in cycles and how a lot of time when uh, you are menstruating the amount of symptoms the flare-up mm-hmm. things like that or those who are on birth control those sugar weeks, or if they're taking it where they're not on it for a certain amount of time, the drops and the hormones really affect their symptoms, mm-hmm. all those types of things. And you mentioned like the exercising side of it. It's so important because for me, I did weightlifting from October until like February, um, just for a few months, kind of something to do through the colder month. Yeah. And it was actually amazing how, depending on what week it was, if I was strong or not, yeah. I would try to lift like say a deadlift of a certain amount of weight. And I could have lifted it last week and I could have done, it would have felt super light. And all of a sudden the next week I couldn't even move it. My personal trainer at the time was like, well, where are you in your cycle? And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) So so many things like that can really affect your concussion recovery as well. And it's important to think about it, as you said, you're in therapy and things like that. Yeah, and just tracking it too. You know, and also Mm -hmm. they have a really cool book called Flow. And so they talk about the female hormones and what to do during certain times of the month. And it's just really awesome to see that we're seeing more of like these correlations. Like we as women always knew that they existed, but I think finally now medically people are like, yeah, Mm -hmm. taking this more seriously. It's not just in our heads, you know? And so it's really good to see that. 
but it's nice to see in the concussion world in general. We are going to talk more about this and a little bit about nature-related physical therapy and more. Before that, I'm going to take a quick break. Cognitive FX is a research-driven clinic that has successfully treated thousands of patients who have long-lasting symptoms from concussions or other brain-related injuries. Cognitive FX has an innovative approach to recovery that uses an advanced fMRI scan to map the function in your brain. Treatment at Cognitive FX takes five days to complete and uses your fMRI scan as a guide and baseline to ensure that your treatment is personalized and effective. This means that you won't need to schedule and keep track of multiple specialists, locations, dates, times, or therapies because it will all be prepared for you when you arrive. Once you've completed their treatment, you receive a personalized at-home plan to continue your recovery and gain access to their online patient portal that has instructional videos and resources for your continued recovery. Conveniently, Cognitive FX also offers free consultations so both you and the doctors can ensure that treatment is a good choice for you and your injury. Visit their website at CognitiveFXUSA.com. Don't delay your recovery any longer. Find solutions at Cognitive FX today. Welcome back to the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Bell Page, and today's guest, Dr. Rena Edulo-Plant. So, we have been talking about hormones, and hormones are a really big thing when it comes to recovery, and something that you actually mentioned was really important to me that I didn't think about so much was tracking your hormones with your symptoms. Do you want to talk a little bit about why that can be so important? I know you mentioned like everything going up and down, but just how it can help someone. Like, what do they do next? They notice that there's all these changes, but how do they use that to feel better? So when it comes to tracking your symptoms and correlation with a relationship with your concussion-related symptoms, it's important to identify to see if there's something going on in your daily activities or your habits that may be contributing to that. Like for example, one of the women that I work with, she always got really dizzy before her cycle started. And during that time, obviously with like the blood loss, you know, the hormones are changing. That's quite normal for a lot of women or to be expected. And so what she also noticed was her cravings. She wanted to have like salty chips, like something salty, salami. That was what she craved. And so she became dehydrated and then, you know, that was that whole cycle and she wouldn't drink enough. And so we actually figured out ways like for cravings, even sometimes if you lack certain minerals in your diet overall, that's when people crave the salt. And so for her, she started reducing her salt intake by a little bit also with, again, like try not to do it on your own. Always talk to your neurologist or physician before you really start changing things up. Mm -hmm. That's always really important. Because this is so different person to person. But then once she realized that, that she had that craving and then that dizziness went away once she replaced it with the proper foods, the nutrition, and was staying better hydrated, then that symptom went away, which was really fantastic. Or even like the muscle cramps and the weakness. And so whenever patient that I have, she post-ovulation gets the worst cramps. When it comes to her muscles, her calves are aching. They're really hurting her. And so what we started doing actually was doing a little bit more weight training right before that surge, pre-ovulation. And then by doing the proper stretching muscle techniques and then even identifying how she sat certain things like after post-ovulation, that helped reduce the cramps. So sometimes it's in the moment figuring that out, but also taking a couple steps back like, okay, what's going on that may be leading to this? And I always recommend that people, they record their symptoms for about three months. They have like the menstrual cycle journals you can get on Amazon. 
And that's what I recommend. And it's a little nitpicky. I will admit to that. And I try to encourage people not to obsess over every detail, but it's hard. It's human nature because they're going, what if I do this? What if I did that? Mm -hmm. You know, and just try to free throw a little bit. And by empowering people to also identify those triggers, even sometimes it's been really cool about we get to a point with some of my patients that they figure it out on their own before, you know, that knee trigger. Oh, I have to talk to Ina about it right away. But they like sat reflected on it. And, you know, it was so cool to see that, like that transformation of being empowered in their own bodies and not feeling that they could not find the answers themselves. And I'm not saying I'm going to throw them off to the side, like, hey, figure out by yourself, peace out. No way. But for also people to know that they could do this themselves. And that's part of my job as a physical therapist is to help them like rediscover their bodies and help Mm -hmm. them figure out, okay, what's going to help you as well? Because I'm also Mm -hmm. human. I don't have all the answers. For sure. I don't think anyone does in the concussion world. But I think it's great. And yes, tracking is a lot of work. I've done tracking with headaches, tracking with diets, tracking with headaches, diets, food and symptoms and trying to manage them all. We have trackers on Concussion Connect for people for like regular symptoms and things like that. And it can be a lot. And I always say, watch yourself when you track. Sometimes you can overthink to the point that you create symptoms. It's just you have to try to be honest with yourself as you track them and try to do it throughout the day or because trying to sit it down at night, I find it's a lot. Yes. To write down. If you kind of like schedule it when you eat is a really good time to do it. I find like you have to sit down anyways and eat your food. So you might as well sit down and track mm-hmm. and kind of see where you're at throughout the day. So I think that's really helpful. And so something I want to talk about and something that I know you're passionate about is nature related physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And everyone who listens to the podcast knows how much I love to hike and spend a lot of time outdoors. So do you want to talk a little bit of kind of what that even is? Yeah, absolutely. So part of my practice that I have in Truckee, California, we focus a lot on integrating functional goals with getting outdoors. And also I do wellness services. So it's not PT related goals. We still have a good time outside and do things as well. So nature-based therapy, we know from the literature for centuries, actually, that getting outdoors is so beneficial to the brain, body, and soul. And so what it helps with is just really helping reduce stress. Cortisol helps you become more bodily aware and also helps change things up because many people with concussions feel a sense of isolation and this fear of going outside maybe looking a certain way or sustaining an injury from getting outdoors. So many people I work with initially talk about how intimidating it is. But with the nature-based physical therapy or nature-based therapy is you going outdoors and immersing yourself in nature. And this could look different for different people. Some people I work with love to do kayaking. Some love to do hiking. And some also do bird watching. So it doesn't have to be this complex activity. And I think a lot of people have that misunderstanding that it has to be this like crazy hike up a mountain or a hill. But even just being present in your environment. And that's what I really try to encourage for people because it's just you being immersed with what you're doing in that moment. So much in our society, we're always thinking five steps ahead of, oh, I have to make dinner. I have to get this appointment or whatnot. And with nature, it really just encourages you to be in the moment. You see something beautiful. You smell something. It's quiet. And it's just really encouraging you to be in that environment yourself. And so what I do with people mostly post-concussion What we start working on initially is making sure that we do the right assessments. And so that's, I always like to talk about this initially because it's not like, hey, we're just going to go outside for a hike and have fun with it, which I wish that that could be for everyone. 
but it's really understanding your body and doing the right testing and having a clinician to work with you to really achieve those goals. So it's to see what your endurance is. Do you need hiking poles? Do you need to use a walker sometimes? Also about wheelchair accessibility. So what we focus a lot initially is the assessment tool. So I use certain ones that I know are more pertinent to getting outdoors, like endurance, leg strength, posture, balance awareness, those sorts of things. And I do things ranging from hiking, going to the lake even, trying to find a bird of some kind. And it's all very therapeutic. And so many people, they know that at that moment, they're like doing therapy outdoors, but they're also distracted by it. Because in a clinic, you see everything, you're constantly reminded. And have, but you need that also, that controlled environment too in PT. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, just go outside, forget the traditional clinic. Absolutely not. You need to have that foundation first a lot of the time. But it really distracts you. So you're mm-hmm. able to just be, you know, enjoying your environment and something that makes you happy. And people just say outdoors that when they get there for doing activity, they're using their core muscles. We're using all these different things in a very functional way as well. Something that brings them joy. So if something brings you joy, we all know that it really boosts your neuroplasticity because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. So by being outdoors, you know, it encourages you to be more active. And so that just helps people get past their symptoms also effectively in that sort of way. But a lot of what we do is, or what I do is the assessments, making sure that they're safe. We look at We also look at trails. So I'm very specific about what trails people can be safe to go to or even outdoor activities. Like in Scotland Mm -hmm. now, I know that some prescriptions include nature therapy and they include bird watching at marshes. And people love it because they have to track vestibular, they track with very different activities. So it's really like this in the moment sensory experience and motor experience. And a lot of different interventions can't be like that all the time. So here we're really integrating everything at one time, and that is realistic. That's everyday living. But again, also depending on your functional level, you also, many people need that traditional PT in order to help kind of put all those pieces together as well. So it's really the mix of it too. But with nature, we're seeing more research studies coming out and people reporting less fatigue, less depression, improved balance, improved vestibular, improved mobility overall. And that's what we're seeing because we want to move away from like this whole one glove fits all approach and really making sure you speak to the person and nature is just so common. I mean, just how the anti-inflammatory experience everything, we really integrate that quite a bit and the deep breathing, meditation outdoors and just taking those deep breaths even as you're walking and just feeling like you're pacing yourself a certain way and people feel calmer there. A lot of times the PT clinic could be very busy, a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. While we're in the traditional PT clinic, you know, the ones and I that worked with concussions or was brain injuries, we had to get the se- separate section of the clinic. So it wasn't, you know, just like this overload of sound, light, mm-hmm. people, equipment, all these things, but really create that proper environment so the brain could really filter out the proper cues. And outdoors... A lot of times we don't have to do as much as that filtering. And so that's where it's also very therapeutic in that way. Yeah, I think it's great. I know so many people say like their best thing, especially the mental health side of it, is getting outdoors. And I love all the little aspects you talked about of like all the different parts of recovery that you're actually doing just outdoors while you're not even realizing you're doing it, which I think is a really nice aspect because sometimes that like dread of doing therapy and that dread of you know keeping up with it or 
increasing it and all those things. It's really hard to create goals and keep with them because we know congestion recovery is not a straight line. And, you know, it's really nice to be able to kind of tie in something that's so good for your mind and also good for your physical wellness and all those aspects. I think it's wonderful. I know for me, I go hiking and I always make different recommendations for people. They're like, oh, I love going outside, but like it's overstimulating. So, you know, you add a hat, add a few things and it kind of takes a lot of that out. But then you're still getting fresh air, you're still getting exercise, and then you can enjoy yourself. So I think tying in therapy directly with that, with someone who actually knows what they're talking about, is super beneficial and a great way to do therapy rather than, like you said, standing in a room doing therapy for an hour, which is, of course, necessary. That's part of being ill as I've been ill and I've had to be in hospital beds. Do I want to be in a hospital bed? No. But do I have to be sometimes? Yes. So sometimes it is nice to change it up. And I really love that. And you've given so much great advice from hormones to physical therapy and so many other things. So is there anything else you would like to add before ending today's episode? No, I mean, I think that just wraps up all of it. And it's just that that creativity. And I think that's something that's so important. Like, so in my own practice, you know, I never, like a few years ago, I would never seen myself do that. But you feel like you want to be creative and really think outside the box to be holistic, to help people with neurologic injuries. And that's a lot of where medicine is starting to see more of those trends. And so for all the people that listen to this podcast, of course, you have to do certain things to progress and advance, but also keeping that holistic aspect, like what makes you truly happy? What can like help you be really present in that moment to do something? And really listening to your body because you have more power in your brain than you give yourself credit for. And I think sometimes a medical system could be a little dismissive, like, oh, it's fine. You know, you're fine. And yep. so it's more of just really being in tune with your own body and like trusting that, you know, still finding that trust in you somewhere in there to know that you do have answers as well. And then finding the right clinicians to really help you on that journey. You know, there's always a creative way to do something. It may not be the same way as you did it before, but there's always a sense of creativity of how to get back to it or you may have to adapt a different way. But finding someone that really supports you in those goals and learning more about that like support groups, you know, all those different things and looking for people that are qualified to treat you post-concussion. So it's really doing that initial homework, but it really pays off in the long run. So I'm saying like, don't mm -hmm. settle, keep going, keep pushing, <laughs> you know, and you can always mm -hmm. ask questions to clinicians and neurologists of where to look next. In the brain injury, you know, there's chapters. You could always look in your area and see what they have to offer because more places are offering that now. And it's really important to continue to look. And also Bella's podcast, you know, and all the things that she does too. So it's always making sure to know where to look. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I agree. You have to keep trying because you're going to go into some places and you're going to get dismissed. And then you're going to go into the next and they're going to take everything you take seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's going to feel like a breath of fresh air. But you have to get to that person. And sometimes it takes a little trial and error to find those people. But when you do, it's such a big difference. It was a huge difference for me, even just over a couple of months before we recorded this. I went into the Mayo Clinic for the first time and had a symptom list that was like 50 things long. And they were the first people ever that actually talked about every single symptom, what it could be related to, what we were going to test to check out what that symptom was. And I was just like, this is like overwhelming, but really good. Mm -hmm. Nice to have someone not go I remember I used to list symptoms and then 
half of them would never get talked about. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm glad we're focusing on some, but the rest are still a part of me and maybe they're all connected. And that's what I learned at the clinic. So super wonderful. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your insights with post-concussion and post-brain injury life. Well, thank you for having me, Belle. I really appreciate it. Need more than just this podcast? Be sure to check out our website, postconcussioninc.com to see how we can help you in your post-concussion life. From a support network to one-on-one coaching, I believe life can get better because I've lived through it. Make sure you take it one day at a time.